We're here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal, in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. Hi. And I'm Matt. So let's chat. If you are a fan of movies, music, or comedy, then there's a good chance that you've heard of Adam Sandler. Hell, if you're a living person, it's almost a certainty you've heard of Adam Sandler. From being one of the most memorable SNL cast members to making a $200 million profit with Big Daddy, being critically praised for Punch Drunk Love and critically panned for Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler is one of the most famous actors in the business. However, these days, Sandler's name seems to have a stigma attached to it, with many critics and audiences finding his shtick to have faded, and that is if they even thought his shtick was funny to begin with. But with his recent stand-up special, Adam Sandler 100% fresh being well-received and his starring role in the Safdie Brothers film Uncut Gems garnering him genuine Oscar buzz, it seems like things could be looking up for Sandler. But is this critical acclaim a small phase in a career plagued with rotten reviews? Or could Sandler turn over a new leaf? Let's find out. So, how do you feel about Adam Sandler going into this conversation, Greg? Um, I think before watching a bulk of his career for this, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't really looking forward to it. But coming out of it now, I think... I think the thing that it comes down to is that Adam Sandler makes a lot of bad movies, but I do find myself always rooting for him. Like, I want him to succeed. He's definitely a very likable person, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You can... You can tell from watching his movies that he's definitely a very likable person, and he's definitely, like, a great guy, and you can... That shines through, and I think that's his... One of his biggest strengths is that he's just so likable in everything that he's in, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, there are moments though. Let's not, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much, but, um, he, he has a lot of likability in him as a person. Um, and that's something that is good because we're always rooting for him. Um, but yeah, his movies that he's in are not, you know, movies that I end up wanting to root for, you know, doing well successfully or getting yeah. good reviews just because yeah a lot of them are not very enjoyable um it was hard <laughs> yeah it was very hard honestly i i feel like i was the opposite with you you said that you were not really looking forward going into this adam sandler binge i kind of was and now that it's over i'm really happy because you know i'm just excited <laughs> to see movies that i don't have to justify as being good anymore (laughs) right because (laughs) because there are some movies that he's in that are genuinely good like like i don't have to Mm -hmm. argue i can just say they're good movies and he he's great in them and a lot of the time those are his dramatic films Um, yeah but i feel like if i'm saying like hey you know like this movie's really great i have to like have an argument in my back yeah there's always a caveat Exactly. Yeah, I, I I can't go up to somebody and just say as a fact, Billy Madison is a great movie because <laughs> not a lot of people are gonna are gonna sit down and and you know get the same thing out of it. Yeah, get the no. same thing out of it, or or you know go along with that thing that I'm saying that it's a great movie. They're gonna say, no, it's not. The gibberish is annoying. Shut <laughs> up. You know. Yeah, there's always a but with Adam Sandler. It's like I like Adam Sandler. 
But, but if you know, you're drunk, you know? yeah, yeah that, <laughs> yes, that kind of thing. I love Adam Sandler, but only when I have nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I love Adam Sandler when I'm high on crack. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's one of those types of things. Um, yeah, I needed a, I needed yeah. many a crutch to get through all of these movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually I'm very excited though to have this conversation because this really is the the podcast the idea that we had that really started the greg and matt movie chat yeah um where this was supposed to be our first episode but we kind of wanted to test some stuff out um yeah it felt like a big undertaking too Hmm. yeah no he's definitely he he is a big star he's made a lot of money his net worth is about 420 million dollars which is insane um he's got a huge deal with netflix i think he's probably he if not the first one of the first who had like a big uh, Netflix movie deal. Yeah. What is it? Like eight pictures? Something like that. Eight. I, th- I think I've heard it's six and then I heard it was eight and then I heard it was 12. So it could be any one of those. But if it's 12, damn. And if it's six, damn. Yeah. He's like Netflix's equivalent to to Disney's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, <laughs> getting like a yeah. 20 picture deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and with him, he... I feel like it's easier for Adam Sandler because he's got five friends he can turn to. Yeah, and um, his movies are a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his movies are just, you know, although he does spend a lot of money on his movies. I'm actually kind of shocked looking at his. Really? That um, is, yeah, at the I was I looked at his um his budget and box office gross and holy shit, some of his movies have humongous budgets and i don't really know why um it doesn't really show (laughs) it doesn't really show for example big daddy was like 34 million dollars not quite sure why um what but it was that's like Um, 90s 34 million too so (laughs) yeah yeah and then also jack and jill is about 79 million dollars i get it they got pacino and they go to a lakers game but at the same time like like really it's not worth that (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's not worth 79 million dollars that's for sure um but yeah i know a lot of these movies i'm actually surprised blended was only 40 million where they go to africa or where yeah that's it looked like one. a lot of green screen too though it did it did look like a lot of green screen to be <laughs> honest um yeah he he's in the mid 2000s it seems like a lot of his movies were in the 80 million kind of uh Kind of thing there. I'm looking at Chuck and Larry. I'm looking at Click. I'm looking at Longest Yard. Mm-hmm. The average uh, budget for those movies is about 83, 84 million. Uh, Zohan is, you know, what do you call it? 90 million. What? Bedtime stories. Yeah, right? Zohan Bed- looked like one of those scary movie. Like, you, you remember those parodies? Like, scary movie? That's how that looked. <laughs> <laughs> it did actually you know what it really did and it kind of felt like that too at some points um we'll definitely get into that it's not the f- we i i don't know about you i watched his stuff pretty much out of order yeah um, same i watched what was like available for streaming first and then i started digging into like old dvds and you know online stuff oh yeah that's pretty much what i did too i looked at streaming he's got a he's got about like 22 movies on netflix so mm-hmm. i mean there you go. Canadian, at least. Um, yeah. But and then there's some stuff like his some of his comedy albums are on YouTube. We both listen to the same one. What the hell happened to me? Yes. Um, which is all on YouTube at the moment. So 
Uh, I'll say this before we get into that. If you are listening and you want to hear some good uh, stand-up or, or like a good comedy album, it's not even really stand-up. It's more like a comedy album that mm-hmm. made by multiple people. I would definitely give it a listen, uh, especially if you are a fan or were a fan of Adam Sandler. You definitely enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. There's there's some classics on there. It's some stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure that the Chanaka song, that one ended up on the Hot 100 chart when it came out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And I have his DVD for his SNL Best Of, and that is obviously one of the things that is there. Uh, hilarious song. I was listening to it in my car earlier when I drove to Tim's. Yeah, it was <laughs> great song. <laughs> great song. It's so May, <laughs> actually. It's May, and I was listening to it and had a great time with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Yeah. Um, when we also just a little game we're going to play when we talk about his movies, we'll say if this movie is goodler or badler. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was really proud of it. Um, <laughs> alrighty. So what'd you think of what the hell happened to me, Greg? It's good. It's like you said, it's not like a typical stand up album, but that's kind mm-hmm. of what makes Adam Sandler stand out as a comedian i and i always appreciate comedians who use music uh on stage i think he's a really talented musician and songwriter some of the stuff does like in other specials and in this one there's moments that sound derivative of of maybe some other pop songs but it serves the joke in those instances so yeah i I loved it yeah oh yeah no i really really like this one too um and yeah like you said he is a really good songwriter and singer and we see that later on in like the wedding singer and yeah. uh, Fifty First Dates, he has a song in that movie as well. That's really sweet. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, when towards the end of this, we'll get to his stand-up special, Hundred uh, Percent Fresh. Yeah, which is you know basically ninety percent of that is him playing guitar and singing. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the natural evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it felt like a like a like a comeback, like almost for him. Like it felt like he went back to his roots and whatnot. It, this it was interesting watching Hundred Percent Fresh at the beginning of this Adam Sandler binge, and then finishing it with What the Hell Happened to Me because I felt like I kind of worked my way back to where he started mm. in a way, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, and I can see from What the Hell Happened to Me a lot of his like kind of jokes and his shticks, uh, kind of beginning here like obviously there's you know some some fart jokes and there's yeah. some a very immature humor i will say what my favorite um i never thought i would love an eight minute long fart joke um he has one i think it was called the hypnotist on the what the hell happened to me album and it's him and kevin nealon and he's you know he's trying to get rid of his smoking habit and kevin nealon is trying to hypnotize him but he can't stop farting um <laughs> And you hear that, and you hear that that idea, and you hear this eight minutes long, and you're like, "That's that's fucking stupid." But listening to it, like the way it's done, I think the thing that makes it so funny is that Kevin Nealon is the one doing it, yet he's so calm, <laughs> and he just doesn't really, you know, ever like yeah. really admit that he's doing it, and he kind of keeps putting the blame on him, but he's he's keeping that very calm, just. Don't worry about it. That was you. That wasn't me. This is this. That was a squirt. That was definitely a squirt. Um, that kind of stuff. It's actually really funny, and I was actually really impressed with how how well he was able to make something that is so just 
well seen as being cheap and lazy and actually make it something really, really funny. I guess that does foreshadow sort of what he ends up doing as a career, even though, you know, the cheap stuff doesn't always work out as well as this but i like you said (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like you said a lot of the characters that he uses and like the voices he does i found too like there's Mm -hmm. there's moments that foreshadow what's going on in the future 100 percent excited southerner for sure is definitely very um very much that kind of voice he does where he's like, oh, I just want to, oh, I just need to do, you know, that kind of character that he always seems to pop out every now and again, almost like a party trick. Um, it's it's just one of these things that it, it's almost like I can almost understand. Like, I think this album did reasonably well, you know, Billboard Hot 100, you know, spent 57 weeks on the Billboard 200 chart. And yeah. At number 18. That's pretty good. Um I don't really know what that means, particularly. Um, yeah, it was a little ex- different back then, too, without streaming. 100%. Yeah. And then the it also says the excited Southerner skits on the album are early versions of what would end up being his character, Bobby Boucher, in yes. 1998's The Waterboy, which is very, very clear. Um, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way, in case anybody's curious. Um <laughs> Don't need to go to Google Scholar yet. Um, no, I don't think there's many academic papers on Sandler. On Adam Sandler. Although, may- maybe I'll write one. <laughs> maybe we will. Honestly, <laughs> who knows? Why don't we sit down and do it at some point? Yeah. Um, the, anal- the analysis of the fart joke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Who dealt it? Fart joke? Who dealt <laughs> Who smelt it and who dealt it? Um, yeah, no, that I definitely like the the early work with him. I think it's kind of it's some it's it's almost upsetting though listening to it a little bit because it seems like he made these kind of jokes and was successful, and then he kept kind of hitting on these same things instead of kind of moving on and moving into other types of humor and whatnot. Yeah, there wasn't as much evolution, I guess, when if you look at it from that perspective. Like, it was just, you know, this is the sense mm-hmm. of humor I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to run with. Yeah. And this album came out, you know, uh, 96. So this is, um, this has been, you know, almost 25 years uh, of this type of humor. And it's just, it's something that, you know, it, a fart joke can be funny, but... I don't think it can be funny when you do it repeatedly for 25 years. It's just, (laughs) you know, like it's just, it's one of those things that's kind of, you know, maybe, maybe do it once and then not ever again. Yeah. Um, A 25 year old fart joke is some kind of gastrointestinal issue. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, very upsetting and uh, it's very stinky as well. Yeah. Um, I, I assumed it was a little earlier, but just looking at it now, it came out around the time his career started to take off. And I think that's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah. I actually, I didn't know until I just looked at it there that it was 96. Um, it does make sense. It was his second album. Um, I'd be curious to listen to they're all going to laugh at you, which was 93. Um, yeah. Before he really started like making movies and whatnot. I know he did a movie in 89, uh, called going overboard, which I've heard is, a how do I describe this? I, I've heard it's uh, what critics would call a sack of shit. Um, <laughs> so that kind of, you know, that was before SNL, I think. And uh, 
you know, this this makes sense that this is that this funny. This album is this funny uh, at the point in his career when he started making stuff like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. It's a very, uh, very funny album. I definitely recommend it. I would say this is Goodler. How about you? Yeah, totally Goodler. You go, you, I mean, you know, it's got the, the Adam Sandler caveat to it of like, it's good, but it's also, you know, Adam Sandler doing funny voices. So don't yeah. go into it expecting, you know, Dave Chappelle or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you like Adam Sandler, you'll like this. If you um, like sketch comedy, too, because it's it, lots absolutely. of sketches. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And that, like that's the thing, too, is that I feel like they actually hold up pretty well. Um, yeah. There is a joke about, you know, where they are in a car making gay jokes and whatnot. Mm. Um, and that one actually, like, I feel like the the actual point of view at the end of the sketch is actually something that actually kind of held up reasonably well like compared to some of his other jokes that he's made in his career this i do i don't think is the worst um, no definitely not is, it's not like yeah. hateful or anything it's pretty That's par for I mean. the course for the year it came out in Mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty you know it, it holds up reasonably well um th- it would be very easy to tear it apart though and go this is offensive um <laughs> but yeah it's yeah, it's not it's not as bad as his other stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, not Chuck and Larry. We'll get to that. Uh, next movie on our list is Airheads, which um, you haven't seen. And no, I barely remember. Um, <laughs> I remember. I just remember seeing this in like middle school and being like, "This one's pretty funny." This one's got Buscemi and Brendan Fraser and mm. uh, Adam Sandler, and they're in like a band. They're in a band called the Lone Rangers, and they're trying to get a record deal and. Uh, they end up holding the recording studio hostage. That's about what this movie is. Um, that sounds intense. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's pretty. I remember it being pretty funny. Um, I think the whole joke is that they're all idiots, uh, hence the title Airheads. This one was, you know, dumb humor. It's fine. It's um, I, I don't I really don't remember it. And it's something also I don't know if I should watch it again years later because I don't know if it's going to hold up. And some of these movies, I just I think it's better just to leave them, you know, in the past. You know, they was funny in middle school. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, I definitely I feel that it's one I probably wouldn't go back to either. Like I've never seen it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't dig it up you know, from the archives. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I have this movie on DVD and I think it's, it's because I found it in a pawn shop for like $2. So <laughs> that's, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's probably where that movie belongs. Yeah. Um, that was a fair deal. <laughs> that was a fair, it was very, it was actually generous in a way. Um, <laughs> considering that this movie has about a 21% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 50% audience score. So safe to say pretty badler. Pretty badler. In my memory, it's goodler. Um, but then again, I only saw this once. So let's just say in the past goodler, but now probably pretty badler. Okay. Okay. Going right off of that, I was actually really nervous to rewatch Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah, those are two I haven't seen since I was a kid, but I watched them so much that they're like burned oh, yeah. into my memory. Oh, yeah. No, they are too. With me and um, rewatching them, I was like, oh, yeah, this part. And then this thing happens. And then this thing happens. I got to tell you, though, Billy Madison. Goodler. It is. Goodler? It's Goodler. Yeah. I had you there for a second. Didn't you? <laughs> you uh, did. I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is goodler it look it's a stupid movie and i i think 
look, if you know who Adam Sandler is, I think you know what kind of movies he makes. He doesn't make really well thought out humorous. He's not Steve Martin. He's Adam Sandler. No. He's a he's a very immature guy in his movies. I think in real life he's probably, you know, fine. Um Yeah. I think Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think Billy Madison is an important snapshot too, because it's so like it's so part of the trends of the kinds of comedies that were around back then that you don't see as mm-hmm. much today. And so it's worth yeah, a watch for that alone. Hundred percent, yeah. I I think it's uh it's a pretty like fun movie too if you just want to have a good time. If you're just you know you're bored, it's pretty short too. Like a lot of these movies that he makes um, early on, I should say, are pretty short. They're like ninety minutes long. They're not really a lot to ask for. They're pretty easy to sit down and get through. Um, so yeah, and and, and like you said, it is a very interesting shot uh, snapshot of his career because he made these really interesting kind of comedies that had these really like kind of ridiculous plots and mm-hmm. they wouldn't I don't know if they would work with anybody else. I know a lot of people give him shit for this movie, say he's, you know, terrible in it. I think he was he might have been nominated for a Razzie for this movie. I'm not a thousand percent sure. I, I could see it. But the thing is yeah. it it does like he's playing He's he's acting the same way he would act on like an SNL sketch, and that that's kind of what adds to this movie is that it feels like a sketch that just kept going. Yeah, exactly. This movie, yeah, it, it feels like a like a ninety minute long sketch, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even mean that in like a bad way. I think no. this is actually like pretty good for a ninety minute long sketch. Um, it's pretty it's pretty funny, honestly. If you just sit down, and you're just enjoying it. It's just fun, you know, and it's just silly. And I don't think anybody else really could have played it as like goofy and silly as he would. No, he's so good at that, like childish rage. (laughs) Yeah, that like childish rage and whatnot. And then it's about a guy who's, you know, probably I don't know how old he is in this movie. In real life, I think he was about 30. Yeah. um, About like a 29, 30 year old man who is going back to the first grade to do all the grades again so that you can inherit some big fortune, which is like just is also something that I find funny is that early on his his career and like a few things that he's done seemed to follow that exact plot where it's like he's this immature guy. He gets something that he has to prove himself as being responsible. Yeah. And then in the end, he learns that he can be a responsible person. We see that in Billy Madison. We see that in Happy Gilmore. We see that in Big Daddy and yeah. Time Stories. We see it basically just all the time. Um, it's yeah. a formula that shows up in a ton of his <laughs> early movies, especially, but even some of the later yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I I always liked that. I always liked that he was just a guy Kind of a schlub that all this responsibility. I got to be mature, but he didn't know how to be mature. I I like that. Um, I know this movie got a lot of like criticism because he was like, "Man, this guy's got like fucking anger issues." Like it was really weird (laughs) seeing him like play dodgeball with like first graders, and he's like whipping like these dodgeballs at these like kids. Yeah. I, I don't know. I still thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> See, that's what I mean, though. Like that that would that in itself, just that scene would make for a funny sketch. Like the adult yeah. plays plays dodgeball with the kids and goes too hard. Like I, I, I think there's there's scenes like that that are genuinely funny. Hmm. Exactly. And 
that's the thing too. And the thing is too, I always find him likable in these movies. I always think that he has, at least in his early movies, and we'll definitely get into that as we go on. His early movies, he always had this thing where he's, he's this very like innocent kind of childlike persona that he had. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it lent a way to making like a really good, showing really good messages and like, it would, he would create, like, a nice character for him to play. Like, in Billy Madison, for example, there he goes on a field trip in one scene and this kid pisses himself. And he's he doesn't want the kid to be embarrassed, so he, like, puts water on his pants as well. Yeah, that's super says, likable. Hey, I pissed myself. Yeah, like, and he's, like, 30, and he's, like, I pissed my pants. All the cool kids pissed their pants. And then all the kids end up pissing themselves, too. And it's, like, it's really childish, but, I mean, like, it's also, like, a good message for, like, kids to not, like you know pick on somebody else for you know something like that it's just you know and and also just sticking up for your friends it just has a good message like that i think yeah there's moments like that that make him really likable yeah absolutely um this one is goodler for sure goodler i would would definitely recommend it the one that like these are the two that i think a lot of people consider like the two best adam sandler movies it's billy madison and happy gilmore in Mm -hmm. fact you know his production company happy madison is obviously made up of those two movies Mm -hmm. um in the name i mean yeah and happy gilmore holds up extremely well one of my favorite movies growing up um probably still one of my favorite movies now for being totally honest um i think this is him at his funniest i think this is i think he's hilarious in this movie i think that he's He's so funny and he's very likable. Um, the thing I also say too about his early work is that I feel like there's never a dull moment. Um, yeah, I think what helps that is the runtime. Because mm-hmm, a tight, a tight comedy like that, you can pack it with jokes, and even if one doesn't land, then you've got you know another two that might land in the next few minutes, right? So exactly. Yeah, some of his like uh, later stuff, it felt like there was like maybe like a three minute scene with one joke in it. And it's like, okay, so if one doesn't land, you feel it. You're like, I'm not laughing. And it's been yeah. like 12 minutes. What's going on? You know? Yeah. And that just slows the pacing down. 100%. And it just makes it like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> um, the pace of these movies, too, like, I don't see a lot of comedies with this high energy anymore. There's definitely like some, but. Not many, and I I miss this kind of like '90s comedy where it's just you know fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. That it's just you know very quickly moving and uh, like it's always moving forward. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I miss that, and I feel like we don't see that as much today. Um, yeah, they never waste a joke. Exactly. Yeah, and this movie is you know obviously it's it's silly, but like that's Adam Sandler. It's it's silly. It's fun. Just. You know, go with it. Just go with it. We'll get to that in a a bit because I know you have some feelings on just go with it. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, I I think think just go with it's when they said we're not going to just go with it anymore. Actually, we're going to fucking stop. Just go with it was the message to the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like, guys, can you chill out? (laughs) Just go with it, please. I think the two of these, they're, they're undeniable classics and they go together. Just like like the production company name, they they go together. Um, mm-hmm. They're ones that, yeah, they they they're just such a sign of a certain type of comedy of that era. Um, and for that 100%. reason, they're they're worth watching. Like you know, yeah. humors have changed now, obviously, and so it's it might not make a modern audience 
laugh as much, but I just appreciate how relentless they are at trying to just pack in every line with a joke. Um, and Sandler's super likable in it, in both of them. His, oh, yeah. The whole angry shtick hadn't gotten old yet, um, I yeah. think. And so it was. it's just kind of funny slapstick when that happens. Yeah, I I think this is like one of those movies that's like a slapstick movie and it kind of works. Yeah, which don't really exist anymore. Yeah, no, they don't. I feel like that shtick kind of really got old and people got really sick of it. Maybe it's because of Adam Sandler. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, who said that? <laughs> um, it's But it is something where, you know, this is um, this is something that's we don't see much anymore. And uh, I definitely miss it because this is a this is a funny genre. We don't really see it much anymore. So mm, yeah. definitely, definitely something that's uh, a sign of the times uh, when you go back and watch it today. Absolutely. Also, I don't think there are a lot of golf movies, too. I know there's Caddyshack, but like how many golf movies are there like actually? Um, uh, my brain jumped to the golf scene in Space Jam, which indicates <laughs> <laughs> what I know. Yeah, I, I, I there's only three I can think there's there's realistically there is about five that people have actually heard of and caddyshack um happy gilmore and then that kevin costner movie tin cup that legend of bagger vance and then that shia labeouf movie that i don't think anybody saw except for me um (laughs) the greatest game ever played whatever the hell oh god come on the most boring game ever played i'm sorry golf (laughs) it kind of is you know to be honest um it's it's one of those games. It's really only interesting if you're playing it. It's um, only interesting if you're playing it with a case of beer and like a cigarette. Which does it? Is it really a sport then? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just drinking. Um, if you are a perfectionist, you're gonna fucking hate this game. Um, that's why I don't golf anymore. Oh my god. Anyway, Goodler for sure. Goodler. Um, Goodler. I don't know about golf. Golf might be badler, but. <laughs> Goodler for Happy Gilmore. Uh, tune in um, next week for our golfing hot takes podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that just to be like, you know, oh, I was so close to hitting <laughs> fucking par, but no, nope, gotta bogey it. You know, uh, terrible. Next movie on the list is Bulletproof, which um, was critically panned. Yeah, I didn't watch this. Yeah, I think you were lucky. Um I saw it when I was younger and I didn't mind it. But then again, I was like 10. So, I mean, I'm not really going to. Tr- I don't really trust 10 year old me's opinions. Um, that's why I own so many shitty kids movies because 10 year old me was like, oh, I should buy all of these. And it's just like, <laughs> no, you fucking idiot. No, like buy buy good stuff, you know, buy older, more mature movies so I can watch them later. Yeah. But, when the DVDs yeah. are harder to find. <laughs> exactly yeah like oh you idiot anyway the re the fact that 10 year old me and 20 year old me don't agree is a topic for another day but um that could be an adam sandler movie premise though (laughs) (laughs) you know what we should pitch it and maybe it'll be the sixth movie in his uh netflix deal yeah uh, that he can do copyright this one yeah happy gilmore and bulletproof they were nominated the same year for worst actor at the razzies wow um, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't get him getting nominated for Happy Gilmore. Um, but at the same time, I think he was only nominated for Happy Gilmore because he was also nominated for Bulletproof. Um, mm. They tend to do that sometimes. They nominate if if an actor is in two movies in one year and one of them sucks. I, I feel like they nominate both of them. Right. 
Um, they did this in the first year of the Golden Raspberries. The first or second year, they nominated Michael Caine for this movie called The Island, which I've heard is shit. I, uh, um, I think I rented that once as a kid. Yeah, I know I have the DVD and like I bought it not knowing what it was, but I haven't gotten to it yet. And then I heard it's a piece of garbage. And like, That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, I should have known when it was, you know, six dollars at Canadian Tire that it probably wasn't great. <laughs> Canadian but, Tire um, movie. <laughs> it's a Canadian Tire movie. Yeah. You know, it, Canadian Tire is not reliable because they sell really great movies really cheap and then they smell, sell really bad movies really cheap, too. So. <laughs> you never know. Run me through. What is Bulletproof? Bulletproof is like him and Damon Wayans. Um, oh. And it's like a buddy cop kind of thing. So something it, like... Yeah, like, buddy cop action comedy. Something like The Naked Gun? It's like um, Adam Sandler smuggles drugs for James Caan. And um, okay. his best friend is an undercover cop who is infiltrating the gang. And then I guess... They got to work together when things go bad. It sounds like (laughs) one that has been fairly forgotten in the sands of time. (laughs) I'm like looking at the Wikipedia page. I'm like, well, what happens in the movie? And then how do I describe it? Um, It's it's you know what it sounds like? It sounds like uh, Midnight Run with De Niro and Charles Grodin. Right. I wonder which one's better. (laughs) Um, Well, here's the here's the thing. I got through Midnight Run. Ah. Um, and I didn't watch all of Bulletproof as a kid, so that should be uh, an indication that Bulletproof probably just ain't that good. Um, Would you say it's Badler? I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I will say uh, the 8% Whoa. Uh, Rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes is pushing me to say this is a Badler for sure. Yeah. This is a very, very Badler. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i i don't think that this is one that anybody should uh watch. just watch midnight run that's a good movie just watch mm. that yeah know? i'll back that anyway, up not too much i can say about bulletproof but um i mean hey damon waynes is cool i guess you know yeah just watch him and something else you know uh let's get on to something that's genuinely good and oh uh, yeah have to defend the wedding singer i love this one Goodler. I think I, this is so Goodler. I think this is probably one of, if not his most likable performances. Oh, yeah. He seems, he's such Greatler, a good guy. Really. Yeah, this is Greatler. Oh, yeah. Greatler, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's very likable in this movie. I, I've never been a huge, huge, huge fan of The Wedding Singer, but I do like it. I do really like it. It's one that um, I skipped a lot as a kid, and so I wasn't yeah. looking forward to it very much, but I sat down to watch it, and I was like, Am I crazy? This is actually like I I have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this movie is. Um, I think in comparison to his other movies, this one isn't as funny. Is what I would say. I don't mm. think it's as funny because I think there's a lot more heart to it. You know? Yeah, I think it's a lot more kind of serious in some parts of it, and it takes itself a lot more seriously than like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison do. That's true, um, but that's not a bad thing because this one actually like deserves to take itself seriously you know it'd be weird if billy madison took itself seriously you know it'd be weird if he went to middle school and was like no like i need to learn the story (laughs) of the dog that went missing no you know the premise was the premise makes no sense for like his first four movies but for Mm -hmm. this one like i buy it i believe i believe the characters and you're right because there is 
it's it's more of a serious idea um with mm-hmm. with like lots of humor sprinkled throughout but yeah yeah absolutely and it's definitely one of his best performances too i would say because um a lot of his movies he would do the angry thing he'd get angry and like uh like a fraction of a second and he'd start screaming and whatnot. Yeah. And he'd and sound like one, a car alarm. Yeah. This one, I feel like he, he kind of held it back a little bit. He felt like he was someone who was holding it in a lot more, you know, he wasn't just letting his anger out every five seconds. He kind of like no. was holding it in close to him and he was trying not to explode. And then occasionally when he does, it's like, it's funnier and it's more, like effective because it's earned do it so much yeah it's earned it's it's a way more earned than um something like um you know even like billy madison or like happy gilmore it's it's a lot more effective in a sense i and i think like i don't know i don't know maybe maybe you disagree but i think out of like uh, this might be controversial out of all of his early stuff to me, this is like maybe where he's the most, I don't know, charismatic and watchable. Like, I think this holds up really well. Oh, yeah. This this one definitely holds up the best, I would say. Um, it's not my personal favorite, but like, as objectively speaking, this is one that I think is like the best movie out of all of them. Um, and yes, he's definitely the most likable in this. It's also cool because he gets to show off his like singing talent. Yeah. Um, his... You know, he's not like it's not like he's like, well, he sings like towards the end of it and he has a song. I'm assuming he wrote it mm-hmm. um, like Adam Sandler wrote it, like not obviously the character wrote it, but like I feel like he genuinely wrote it. Plus, I think it makes an appearance in his 100 percent fresh special as well. Yeah. Um, and also knowing the songs that he sang, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But this is definitely his most charismatic and his most likable because he's able to just play this guy who's you just feel bad for him i know yeah he wants like one one thing in life and uh it's kind of gets taken away from him and yeah it's it's tragic in that sense like his his character is is super sympathetic but on top of that too i think what really helps it is the 80s throwback because it's probably one of the oldest i don't know it must be one of the first movies to look at the 80s in a nostalgic light because it came out in like 1998 and that's all the rage now so I think I think if it if you're gonna watch one of his early comedies only, well no, if you're gonna watch two, watch watch <laughs> Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, but also definitely watch The Wedding Singer. I would agree for sure. I would definitely say watch two, because um, I feel like these are like different sides of him. I feel like yeah. Happy Gilmore is like that's his comedic side that's like the thing that everybody knows him for he's the funny guy he was on snl he's loud he screams he get a, he gets angry and it's hilarious mm-hmm. but the wedding singer kind of hints at something a little bit deeper yeah um, and it hints at his ability to do some dramatic stuff and like hold some dramatic weight to his characters which i think is interesting yeah i mean um, it's a, it's pretty by the numbers um but also i don't know it it, it paints those numbers well i think I think so, too. I, I was like, there were genuine points in this movie where I was starting to tear up. And I was like, I never thought I would tear up <laughs> an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> an Adam Sandler comedy, yeah. Yeah, an Adam Sandler comedy. Like, an Adam Sandler movie that wasn't directed by somebody who's not in the Adam Sandler gang. I can't remember who directed this, but I know it, it wasn't Noah Baumbach directing this one. No way. It's you not know, about it dis- dissatisfied upper class people, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
It's about <laughs> unsatisfied middle class people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he he's very good in this movie. And uh, yeah, no, I definitely would say that this is top five of his best movies ever and definitely his top. I, I It's not my favorite, but I would say it's probably his best movie of the 90s. Yeah, I, I I could I could go with that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm in love with Happy Gilmore, and I personally prefer Happy Gilmore as a movie, but like objectively speaking, in terms of like the filmmaking, in terms of the story, in terms of the characters, in terms of all of that, The Wedding Singer is a better movie. Yeah, I think for the '90s, that paired with like Happy Gilmore shows you know two sides of Sandler that are pretty mm-hmm. interesting and both funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The him singing "Love Stinks" is. Quite oh God, hilarious. I love that. Um, the other thing I'll say about "Wedding Singer" before we move on is I just I love how they take that. Um, I, I I love comedy where it's people misinterpreting other people and that's mm. causing problems. And I feel like they use that in the Wedding Singer, but it's not just for jokes; it's for actual like hard hitting drama. Um. Like for uh, also, we're pretty much going to spoil every Adam Sandler movie here if we get into it. So if you haven't seen any of these, you know, just just do an Adam Sandler binge before or after this. All right. <laughs> also, it's Adam Sandler. Like we're not really, you know, this isn't like spoiling Avengers five. Any anyhow. Yeah. So, um, it's still worth a watch, too, if you know the ending. Exactly. It's about the journey, not the destination. Jeez. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Um, but he goes to Drew Barrymore's house to tell her how he feels. And Drew Barrymore is like in her looking in her mirror saying like, oh, I'm Julia Hart. It's nice to meet you. And she's basically like imagining herself with Adam Sandler. Yeah. He sees it as she's imagining herself with her future husband. And he, it's heartbreaking because you see the look on his face, how he's like so excited to tell her how he feels. And then he sees how happy she is with what he thinks is another man. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's heartbreaking. And then he leaves because he doesn't want to take that away from her. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, man. Like, this guy's so nice and so charismatic and likable. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus. Um, yeah. Good, greatler for sure. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It, I, I'm, that's my biggest, most pleasant surprise, I think, from this whole watch, watch a thon. Yeah, no, for sure. There, there were, <laughs> I was just glad that Adam Sandler has at least five movies that I can say this is a great, this is greatler. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say Happy Gilmore is greatler, but that's more in like a very purely comedic light. Um, yeah, I I think it's, yeah, uh, yeah mm-hmm. it's greatler. Yeah. It's greatler, yeah. Um, but The Wedding Singer is like genuinely greatler. Like this is like, you know, I don't, I don't have to make a case for Happy. I have to make a case for Happy Gilmore, but I don't have to make a case for The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Um. It's just, it just is. You know. Alrighty. The Water Boy. God. This <laughs> this one annoyed me more than I remembered because I used to like this oh, a lot really? as a kid. Yeah, and I would just. Yeah. I don't know. The whole Bobby Buffet thing got real old. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He um. He's in this movie with Kathy Bates. I uh. Yeah. That's another. That. Yeah. That's a notable one. Yeah. That is a weird pairing because she is like she was an Oscar winning actress at this point, and she's being. Um, they did her dirty. They did her dirty. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, I remember seeing this movie in a car on the way to a hockey tournament. Oh, that's um, perfect. 
<laughs> this is the this is a movie for the road is what I would call this. You know, this is a mm-hmm. maybe you would disagree, but I feel like it's a movie you should watch in a car when you're ten. Um, yeah, that's where it should stay. Fair enough. Although, like going to any kind of sports tournament and getting pumped with the water boy, like that's I think that's <laughs> I think that's perfect. <laughs> I think that's so fitting. Um, it is a sports movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I, yeah. I don't know. Just none of the jokes really landed for me this time around, and and the whole lisp and the voice just it works in like a five minute bit on his comedy album. It didn't work for like two hours for me. Um, oh yeah. I don't know. I can't even think of any likable characters. Like the one, the one guy who was nice to him on his football team on the first day was like, all right. Um, Bobby Buffet <laughs> himself is like, I don't know, really pathetic. Like I feel sorry for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, it's not one that made me feel good or made me really laugh. Like, and I feel bad saying that because it's one I liked a lot, like as a kid. Yeah, that's the thing. This is one that's remembered as one of his better movies too. Like people are like, oh, this is like actually like one of his, his like best movies. Yeah. Which is weird because I always thought like if I ever watch that again, that's not going to hold up well. No, especially um, like in in light of, you know, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. That like I think that the, those two did that shtick way better. The whole rage oh, yeah. immature guy shtick. Yeah, 100%. He was nominated for the Razzie for this movie. Would you say that that's fair? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not a riveting performance. I don't know if it's like the worst thing he's done, but it's, yeah. it's like, it's like yeah. a bad sketch. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I find a lot of his movies, like even when he's in the bad movies, I don't think he's really that terrible of an actor in his bad movies. I just think that he gets pinned down as a bad actor because he's doing shit movies and he's acting in shit movies, but also he's making these shit movies. Mm-hmm. And no, I, like, I will die. Them, I will yeah. die on that hill of like Adam Sandler is not a bad actor. After this rewatch, I went into yeah. it expecting garbage, and now I'm like, yeah. he's he's a great actor. I'll die on that hill. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will stay on the the hill of he's a great actor because there are some movies that he is the best thing in, mm-hmm. and um, I really don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's just in bad movies. I wouldn't say Bobby Buffet, or I wouldn't say. That Adam Sandler's bad as Bobby Buffet, I would just say Bobby Buffet is an awful character. Like, and he went yeah. all he went all in, so he's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with him too. Is I find he goes all in, and that's what I find is kind of uh, interesting about him. Um, yeah, especially the early stuff. Like, he's never lazy as a performer in yeah. in, in any of these that we've talked about so far. Exactly. It's really, it's really kind of weird, actually, too, because he's doing like these voices for like entire movies. Like, I don't know, man. This, 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 the stamina of doing that. Like, if I was, if I was acting in a movie and I had to do a voice like that the whole time, I'd be on day three and I'd be like, shoot me in the face. I can't do this anymore. You know, I call my agent and get me the hell out of here. But he like made this movie. Like, this was like his, this seems like it was his idea. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey man, I gotta respect the fact that he is uh, that he's cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I would unfortunately say Badler. Damn. I don't know if you don't have to agree Shame. with that one. Just I'm not. I I would be fine if I never saw it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people would with most Adam Sandler movies. They'd be fine if they just never saw them again. Um, you know, I I don't disagree with you. 
I I would even say I agree with you because um even when I was a kid like I think I saw this once but I was never like oh man I need to see that like I need to like seek that out and rewatch it um I was kind of like you know whatever yeah I'm gonna I'm just gonna trust my memory and say you know I had a good time in the car on the road <laughs> trip but um here's here's the thing here's the thing. Did we win the hockey tournament? No. So it is not a good movie. <laughs> um, you didn't get the Goodler trophy for your hockey tournament. He's not getting the Goodler trophy for the water boy. Exactly. Fair. He can. Yeah. He, he took that away from me. So I'll take that away from him. <laughs> it's only fair. Um, Big Daddy is next. I love this one. It's got such bad reviews and maybe I'm biased because this was probably the movie of his that as a kid I watched the most. Like that VHS mm. tape got destroyed because it was just constantly on. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think it's really yeah. heartwarming. Yeah, it is. And this is the first time he won Worst Actor at the Razzies. And wow. I don't get it. Oh, my God. That really moment. Don't get it. That moment when they take Julian away and like he's yeah. just like you can see like the, the tears welling up on him and everything like he's losing his son he feels like I I, yeah. I bought it completely I didn't think like there was like the water boy is a hundred yeah. times worse than that oh yeah absolutely and the thing is too with that scene I always thought that scene was really interesting because I feel like any other actor would would be like big with that reaction they'd be like no Julian and they'd like freak out you know? it's subtle He's very subtle. He's extremely like he he just he, he seems like he's swallowing his pride there. Yeah, he's trying to keep it strong for the kid, but yeah. like he can't all the way. I, yeah, mm. that's such a good moment. And there's there's some good gags in there. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um I like I remember having like a but just on that point, like I remember having mm-hmm. a drama teacher tell me like it's way more interesting to watch somebody almost cry than watch somebody cry. And, like, I get that for sure because it's way more effective watching him, like, almost tear up and, like, try not to, you know, fucking start bawling his eyes out than to just, you know, go into the bathroom and start breaking down. It's uh, true. I feel like. Any other time. You know? Yeah. I feel like we've all seen those bad, like, high school performances where, like, the drama kid thinks that yelling is acting, you yeah. know? <laughs> which mm-hmm. which that, that's where this could have gone, this scene, but exactly he he, can, he has the ability to yell he can yell oh like, we know <laughs> a lot, right um we can hear him you know yeah i think he's yelling right now i can hear him um, I, i've been hearing it in my dreams <laughs> especially with a marathon like this you can yeah. definitely tell um this is great Lair, honestly yeah i like it a lot there's some there's some stuff in here like my family and i still quote to this day like if we step on something in the house that hurts they'll always go scuba steve like like the, the <laughs> toy that julian had so yeah there's, this stuff oh, yeah I, I might be biased it stuck around for yeah. me um yeah. i like it i would rewatch this. i like this too I would absolutely rewatch this too, and I would show it to my kids when I uh, when I have them. If Same, I have them. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I have them. Um, <laughs> or you can just steal one from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could just. Yeah, no, I'm Greg Kondrak. Yes, um, that is my son. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, this is this is a really good movie. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams too. I think she. She might be one of my favorite actresses to be in a relationship with Adam Sandler in a movie. Yeah, they fit like together. Top, they have good top chemistry. Five for well, very good chemistry. Like really, really good chemistry. Um, you know, and and, and it's weird because she's the one with the annoying voice in this movie. 
movie, not him. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's, that's but true. she's not annoying. She's, no. she's very good though in this movie. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. I haven't seen a lot from her lately, so I'd like to see her again. But um, it's true, she was like in know. everything in the nineties. Yeah, and then she just like stopped. It's weird, mm-hmm. you know? like. Kevin Smith, bring her back. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Let's see a return to that Chasing Amy. Let's do a sequel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love the relationship with this movie. I also think Cole Sprouse is really, uh, Cole and Dylan Sprouse, I think they shared the role in this movie. Did they? Okay. They're really good as Julian. I wonder if they made um, two paychecks or just half each. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> right? Um, it's interesting. Interesting to look at that. But yeah, no, I, I've always, a part of me always was curious, like, I could always see them making a sequel to this movie. I really hope to God they don't, because it would be fucking awful. Um, I could see that, though, especially because, like, the, the Sprouses are stars now. Yeah. It would be weird, though, them, like, they would have to pick one and stick with it. Like, they couldn't be, like, Dylan and now Cole, because they look so different. Yeah, now. that's true. That's true. Pick, pick, uh, yeah. I'm going to say Dylan. Really? You, you prefer Dylan? I think so. I don't know very much about that, but I saw that he wrote a comic book recently, and I'm like, all right. Oh, shit. Comics. Okay. <laughs> wow. That would be, that would be interesting, actually. Um, um yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind a return to this, this story, but it's kind of perfect yeah. the way it is. I, yeah, I just know how sequels are, like, when they make them. I just hate when they make a movie and then they make a sequel, like, 10 or 20 years later. I find it never turns out well. No, it's true. Um, it would probably be like, really look bad. look at Dumb and Dumber, you know? Dumb and Dumber 2, look at Anchorman 2. Just these comedies, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can sit through that. Um, it's true. It would probably be weird. Um, yeah. And this movie itself, too, like, it's not it's not perfect, um so the sequel probably wouldn't be either (laughs) no no not at all um and also i feel like adam sandler's movies have just gone down in quality over the years um yeah that's true his netflix movies we'll get to them um yeah i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's one of these things where it's like god damn man like what happened you know yeah i doubt they would do the sequel justice but I will say, yeah. this is Goodler. At least Goodler. Goodler. At least Goodler. I would say Greatler, and at least with nostalgia goggles on, mm-hmm. this is Greatler. There's Greatler like moments. Sure. Greatler moments, Goodler movie. Um, I will say the courtroom stuff was like really, I don't know, felt like fantastical almost at how dumb it was. Um, yeah. That whole section of the movie kind of drags for me. Uh, but really, like, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not it doesn't ruin the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, no. I I think it's like it makes sense that it takes place in like a courtroom. I like the little part with his dad at the very end. Um I feel like it's kind of shoehorned in there and it's a little bit like yeah. okay, he like he literally also his dad is like unreasonably rough on him. Like it is kind of almost like you know, I pity Adam Sandler, and I think that's what the point was. But mm-hmm. like, it's also, like, at a point, you're kind of like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, just relax, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you're calling your son worthless. Like, just chill for a minute, all right? Relax. Yeah. Um, that yeah. That's kind of what, yeah, that's what I was thinking of with the court scene is, yeah, that stuff, I, I didn't really buy it too much. And mm-hmm. that, that I don't know, that that would even be able to happen in court is, like... <laughs> 
laughable but it makes it makes some emotional sense i guess and it is kind of funny when they all pull out their phones to call their dads i thought that was cute um oh yeah and i love steve buscemi in this movie i think (laughs) one of his funniest like he's always funny in these movies when like i thought he was so funny in the scene in billy madison yeah he's just really weird um and then this one was funny and we'll get to mr deeds too where he plays crazy eyes but he's so fucking funny and big daddy i love when he's in court and somebody like says something to him and he, he just he laughs and he immediately covers his ears and screams stop yelling at me like, <laughs> yeah he, yeah he played that well actually speaking of some of the character actors in this this is i think the earliest one that i can remember of rob schneider like being really making me uncomfortable yeah. Yeah, he, um, you know, what's funny is before this Adam Sandler marathon, I never really hated Rob Schneider. Um, Same. Now I do. Yeah. Like, I really can't stand that guy. He does like just short of blackface in everything. It's really weird that that could happen. So yikes. Oh yeah. Yikes for sure. And, um. Like, I'm not here to shit on Rob Schneider. I'm sure he's, like, a nice guy in real life. I'm sure he's fine. No, it was Um, just a different time, but also, like, not... It wasn't that long ago either, so it's weird that that even got made. I guess it just shows how much progress has been made. I don't know. Exactly, and it's just... It's also just something where I I just... I, I would just like to see him, like... Maybe just play an actual person who's like not doing a stupid voice and whatnot and isn't a caricature like just just yeah Yeah. or a stereotype because like i feel like he could do something you know i I, i'd like to see him try at least um and i i I know he did little like bit parts in movies like i know he was like in judge dread and demolition man Mm -hmm. i don't know man maybe call up stallone and like try and get an action movie made these days and whatnot yeah probably won't be good but like be better than you doing, you know, playing a Native American, you know, which you seem to be so interested in doing for whatever reason. Um, yeah, so yeah. that that has not aged well, although I do like I the scene know. when he's trying to teach him how to read. It makes me laugh. Might be problematic, it does, yeah. but... It, it probably is, but... You know, when he flips yeah. out at the kid having all the easy words, I do chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how he how horribly he mispronounces hip <laughs> He says I'm pretty sure he says hip hop anonymous. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how he says it. And that kind of made me chuckle. I still think uh, of that every time I read hippopotamus. <laughs> I can hear it in my head. Hip hop anonymous? I'm like, yeah, I know it's it, it doesn't hold up well, but um Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, uh, also final 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 thoughts on on big daddy that apartment big is daddy. beautiful oh yeah jesus that apartment is great um i don't know i'd love to have that they say he got i was trying to do the math but i don't know what it would convert to uh today but he got two hundred fifty thousand. they said in the movie for a cabbie driving over his foot and he's been living <laughs> in that place for like two years like damn yeah that yeah. I, that's a beautiful apartment like what? Yeah, a, man. what a, I gotta go to I gotta go to Toronto and put my fucking foot <laughs> in the road here. <laughs> As if you gotta though, pay like, for university sometime uh, somehow, man. A rent know? would be like I feel like ten thousand or something. Like Jesus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that was a beautiful place. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> BRB. I'm gonna go run into traffic. <laughs>
<laughs> we're getting really like in the Howard Ratner level right now. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, but we'll get to that. I'm actually re- very excited to get to that. Um, Big Daddy is Goodler. Goodler. Yeah. Little Nicky. Oof. You know, Let's I just li- say it's Badler. It's it's definitely Badler. Yeah. I liked it as a kid because I liked all the like hellish stuff and the lore and everything. The world was cool. Uh, There was a guy with tits on his head. So (laughs) that entertained me as a little boy. But yeah, I couldn't I couldn't rewatch it because I can still hear like that voice he does in my head. And I'm like, no, 100 percent. Yeah. I think Rodney Dangerfield pops up in this movie. Yeah. Which is really weird. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Reese Witherspoon has a cameo as well. Um, as does Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Very weird movie, but the lore was cool as a kid. It, it definitely was. Um, it felt kind of edgy. Yeah, it felt like an edgy thing. And I and I respect Adam Sandler for doing this, like, because it does seem like a very big kind of, like, chance that he took with this movie. Um, also, but I will say he was nominated for the Razzie for this movie. He should have won for this one over Big Daddy. Yeah, this is so much yeah. worse than Big Daddy. It's like barely watchable. Mm-hmm. And this was a big bomb for him, a little Nicky. This cost about $85 million to make. It made about 58.3. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, that probably barely covered like advertising and everything. Yeah, this was not a uh, not a successful venture for Mr. Adam Sandler. Um, yeah, especially compared to some of the numbers he's he's pushing later. Oh yeah, because Big Daddy cost thirty four million to make and it made two hundred and thirty four million. So that's uh, yeah. If we're talking about marketing and whatnot, that's like a at least a hundred and fifty million dollar profit plus. You know, so uh, to to follow to follow that up with a with a bomb like that, that's that's rough. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I will say though, it, it does kind of suck that we can't make. We don't see these movies getting made as much anymore. Like it was kind of cool that they gave them the chance to do it. Um, would have been nice if it was better though. It would have been nice if maybe he didn't have such a terrible haircut and such a <sighs> terrible voice. Jesus, I mean yeah. the, that got me thinking though. Um, like a modern day equivalent to this, my brain jumped to this is the end because it's also got like kind of like hellish themes and yeah. stuff. I, it's I don't know. Definitely a different shtick in that movie, but yeah, this this isn't the buddy comedy podcast. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that one too was like a little bit more, you know, I feel like that one definitely had a much smaller budget because, well, one, the effects look like shit in that movie, but also it's more about friendship and it focuses more on friendship. Yeah, the bulk of the movie just takes place like in the mansion. Yeah, which I like. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the end. Great movie, by the way. Um that's that movie is great and it doesn't even have him in it um (laughs) well that would have been a cool Um, cameo that would have been a cool cameo yeah i could he should have been little nicky in that movie for like 10 seconds that would have been cool (laughs) i could tolerate that monster was just him yeah yeah right um but yeah badler for sure with little nicky unfortunately but yeah honestly just looking at like what follows little nicky is kind of unbelievable Kind of, right? The next movie we're talking about is Punch Drunk Love, Paul Thomas Anderson's comedy, romantic comedy drama. That actually came out after Little Nicky. Yeah, right? Like what? Or something like It came out somewhat soon after it. I think it was about two years. What a follow-up. Right? This was Adam Sandler's um, one and only uh, Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. He deserved that. 
He absolutely did. He's fucking amazing in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I've been watching so much shit with this Adam Sandler marathon. It like starts to hurt my head after a while. So I thought, you know what? I wasn't originally planning on watching Punch Drunk Love again before this because I saw it back in like January and I've seen it at least two or three times before. Um, but after watching all the garbage movies that come later on in his career, I was like, I have to watch Punch Drunk Love again. Yeah. It's a great palate cleanser for the rest of the garbage. Yeah. And he's phenomenal on it. He plays a really, really, you know, it's just sad because he's very likable and he just gets shit on by his like sisters constantly. Yeah. In this movie. And he's so like, I don't know, he's so freaking nervous. The anxiety yeah. level off of him. And I can understand why because everyone's oh, yeah. pushing him and there's all these expectations of what he should be. And he just has no no one around him to like actually encourage yeah. him to do what he wants. Exactly. And it's very sad too because like he even um, he even goes and he likes trying to get help in the movie. And he says, oh, I understand this is like confidential. And then later on you find out that that person either told mm-hmm. somebody else or had that information taken out of them. Which is just upsetting because it's like it would have been so nice if uh, yeah. if he was able to get the help that was better. But um, it is really rewarding to see his confidence kind of grow throughout this movie. Yes, absolutely. Because n- nobody in the movie like takes his emotions seriously. And I think it would make kind of an mm-hmm. interesting uh, – I might, I might turn that into a video essay when I was watching it because I have that one – called what what does drive say about masculinity and i think you could do a similar follow-up to like what does punch drunk love say about masculinity because there there feels like there's some commentary oh yeah no for sure and it's yeah like they it's just a bunch of like stuff too like it's so like i love that paul thomas anderson's like oh i'm he made magnolia and then he was like uh that movie was three hours long so my next (laughs) movie is gonna be a 90 minute long adam sandler comedy like that's what he wanted to make and i just um, i find it funny this is what he made because i'm like buddy punch drunk i I feel like punch drunk love is not nearly as funny as boogie nights is like i find boogie nights way funnier yeah i i I would totally agree yeah i'm not saying that's a bad thing though because i think punch drunk love like it shows off such a good side of adam sandler um Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, it definitely says a lot about masculinity. I I find it really kind of almost like nerve wracking watching this movie because like the scene where his sisters keep calling him nonstop. He says, this is what he says. He says, hey, I'm just at work dealing with some customers. I can't chat right now. And because he said the word chat, his sister starts berating him just for a word choice. And it's like you can tell his sister is just picking things to just make fun of him for like she's just he says one thing and then she's just like uh you said this so i'm gonna just beat you over the head with this now and it's heartbreaking yeah and i think what makes it what makes it less of a comedy is sandler's performance funny enough because he plays shame so well he seems so damn ashamed the whole movie yeah exactly and even though he's like talking to um you know, the doctor, which also, by the way, is Robert Smeagol, who's collaborated with Adam Sandler on a lot mm-hmm. of his comedies, which I find kind of interesting, is that he literally says to him, he's like, please don't tell anybody about this because I'm really ashamed. Of yeah, it. I'm really embarrassed and I don't want anyone to know. And it's heartbreaking. And he starts crying, too. And I'm like, dude, I've seen him do funny crying in movies. But that was a real man. cry. 
that was a real cry yeah. it was heartbreaking yeah and the whole plot with like the sex worker like the the lady he called that whole yeah. thing he doesn't want anyone to know but he's in so much trouble because it all comes down to like his shame yeah. over over feeling a certain way mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing too i find interesting with this movie is is um is that this movie feels like like it, it becomes funny when things become so serious um and that's like a jet apatow thing where he said like all of the good comedies are movies that could work as dramas just as well. Like that's what he said about the 40 year old virgin. He was like, this movie is something. It's a story about shame. It's a guy who's embarrassed about something that he hasn't accomplished. And now it's too late for him to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's so like, it's such a serious thing. It just becomes kind of funny. That's the thing with Punch Drunk Love, I find, too, is that this movie is really, like, nerve-wracking in some parts. And then he's, like, getting his money stolen. He's getting, like, in trouble with people. And that's, like, the parts that I find funny and dramatic is that he's, like, going up to people and he's like, hey, hey, pal, that's, like, actually, like, a lot of money for me. So I, I need that. And then he's getting like, his ass kicked and whatnot. Like, that's – it's funny and heartbreaking at yeah. the same time. Yeah, or when he confronts Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman and he's still holding the phone in his hand. Like, that's, that's like, the big emotional confrontation, but it's, like, it's funny. You're right. The, that serious yeah. moment gets some humor out of it. Yeah. Yeah, when he, like, runs out and he's still holding the phone, <laughs> yeah. like, to his ear. That, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think he's still there. I think he hung up. Um, yeah, and that's like the one of the first scenes of Punch Drunk Love I saw before actually sitting down to watch it. Right, is the scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman too. I think he's he was a oh, funny yeah. fucking guy when he would when he wanted to be funny in a movie, he could be funny. He was hilarious um, as like this complete opposite to Adam Sandler's like shamed masculinity philip seymour hoffman was like the over the top yeah. like toxic mean asshole he really he nailed it and he was funny yeah yeah i just love like how often he says shut up in that movie <laughs> like he just says it and it doesn't even make any sense like he's like um he he tells him to shut up and then asks him what the issue was which is what he was already <laughs> explaining which i find funny yeah like adam sandler's like hello my name's barry egan i have an issue he's like all right shut the fuck up what's the problem like, it's <laughs> like it's like it's just a a reset at this point yeah and then him of course saying shut about five times before telling him to shut up again yeah um the shut 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 up that part is hilarious um it's great yeah yeah and then him immediately after dealing with Adam Sandler, telling him off, and then Adam Sandler yelling at him and going, no, 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 sorry, sorry, that's not, just, so sorry, and walking away. <laughs> He's so funny in this movie, but yeah, Adam Sandler just really shows the different part of his uh, personality with this movie. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, because I listen to, uh, I'm a big, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite movie director, and I will say, I do think Punch Drunk Love might be my least favorite movie that he's directed. Wow. Um, it says a lot, though, because this is a really good movie, but um, Punch Drunk Love is interesting because Paul Thomas Anderson said to on the WTF podcast with Mark Maron, he said he... He loved Adam Sandler comedies. He loved Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and Big Daddy. Like those were the three he was mm. huge fans of. And he he said the thing that he liked about Adam Sandler is that when he would get angry, it really felt like he was flipping out. Right. Um, yeah. Like it it didn't feel like pretend. It felt like you stopped seeing the white in his eyes when he would lash out. Yeah. There's so much pent up um, rage in there in this movie. Yeah. And that's the thing that he uses so well is that like. 
uh, I think it was like a Watch a Mojo video or something like that. They were saying like his anger in this movie is it it seems more like a cry for help than played for laughs. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and it's very sad. Like you know, because it is funny when he's at dinner with Emma Watson, and then he gets up and destroys the bathroom destroys the bathroom and then immediately i just love the scene where the like the manager is like sir i need to speak to you and he's like okay and he's like the washroom has been torn apart he's like okay uh, i don't know who who did and then he like he seems like he's begging him to like please just like just forget about this please like you know he's like your hand is bleeding sir and he's like I cut it on my knife. It's like, that's <laughs> just the excuses. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah. And he's like, please don't do this. I didn't do it. And he's like, sir, I'm going to crack your fucking head open. Leave. Like, <laughs> you got to go. It's a great moment. Yeah. Great moment. I don't know if you agree with me on this. I have one flaw with the movie. It is kind of a major flaw. Um, okay, go ahead. I don't really love the chemistry between him and Emily Watson. I never really... I, I just don't really feel it all that much. Um, I don't. I don't know if I get chemistry from them, but I do find um, she's the only person who has any kind of like patience or tries to understand him. Like she lets him speak instead of just, you know, bombarding him with like expectations. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like romantic. Yeah, that's the thing. It's supposed to be a movie about falling in love, and I just was like, I just never quite felt the love as much as maybe i wanted to um yeah i think it's more about kind of how i don't know how being listened to or taken i don't know seriously kind of helps you open up a little bit i don't know there's like a healing energy to to her around uh around adam sandler's character so i don't know but yeah i i it's definitely not like like some crazy heat between them yeah, that's the thing. Um, it might also just be I, I found her kind of. I definitely I, let's just. I don't think she's bad in the movie. I just think that Adam Sandler kind of steals the show, and she feels more like I, I don't really. I never really knew her character that well. I never really yeah. knew who she was. She's she feels pretty bland, a, a bit underdeveloped, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Um, and I just, I just was always kind of like, all right, you know, um, she just, it seemed like the most interesting thing about her was that she was British and <laughs> yeah, was, like not to be mean or anything. And I, I like, she, I, I think she's a good actress too. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff and she's been great in that and she's not bad in punch drunk love. I just don't really think that she really, I feel like it's the Adam Sandler show yeah. and she's there for moral support i could see that i think i think her character feels underwritten yeah yeah that's what i would say um yeah but definitely a very good character study of mr barry egan um Mm -hmm. i i like that a lot um it's interesting too because he plays he plays a guy who's in the like like he goes on like the sex phone line yeah and and then he does that later on in his career in like men, women, and children. He has oh, like, really? like that. So, yeah, I was watching that last night, and I was like, "That's kind of interesting." Um, hmm. We'll get to that when I uh, when I tell you about that movie. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's is, that's one I didn't get to, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, oh, actually, it's not that great. Uh, okay. 
some hot takes here. I love that. Hey, it's a good movie. Actually, it's really not. It's, it's good in comparison <laughs> take it back. to the shit I've been watching. Yeah. It, it's good in comparison to the shit I've been watching because, you know, uh, there's not a lot of great movies. But uh, what would you say Punch Drunk Love is? Goodler? Oh, Badler? It's greatler. I love it. I think it's one of my favorite uh, PTA movies Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's definitely very unique. And I and I like when uh, directors who can direct, like, big, incredible, like, dramas and movies and stuff like that. Like, this guy went on to make There Will Be Blood, The Master, Phantom Thread. Like, he's made, like, these really incredible period pieces and movies starring, like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis and Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And not to mention he directed Boogie Nights and magnolia which before, are both which, like, like huge sprawling dramas yeah and they're like epics almost like magnolia is like a fucking epic movie you need to take a day out to watch yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah no i remember watching that it's one of my girlfriend's favorite movies um and i remember us watching it and me just being like jesus man this movie is like it's one of those movies too i feel like you don't even you can't really appreciate it on the first view no way the first viewing just feels like you're getting yelled at by your family <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's a movie, like, I watched it, and I was like, you know, that wasn't the best, and then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I need to see that again as soon as possible. Yeah, I think that's why Punch Drunk Love kind of stands out to me, is because it's still shot in such a big, epic way, like, but but it serves a different purpose, because often uh, Sandler's character, Barry, he's, like, alone in a shot, surrounded by all this empty space, and it says a lot about kind of how he feels, so... Yeah, but I I do appreciate that it's a little bit more of a withdrawn, shorter, more simple movie than a lot of exactly. his other stuff. 100%. And that's the thing too is that um even though this is probably my least favorite pun uh f- favorite PTA movie, mm-hmm. it's probably the one I've seen the most. Fair enough, yeah. Um and it's one that I keep wanting to go back to. And like that's the thing. I know when I say, oh, it's my least favorite, people are going to be like, oh, man, that's that means that like, you probably don't like it all that much. Dude, Paul Thomas Anderson is an incredible movie director. Me saying that this is his weakest movie and that it's as good as it is means that guy is, you know, yeah, like he, he's he's ranked on a <laughs> different know? level. Yeah, he's he's up there in like the all time greatest directors ever because his weakest movie is literally insanely like refreshing, yeah, and interesting, and, and it's worth multiple viewings. Worth multiple viewings. In fact, it gets stronger on multiple viewings. I find sometimes like a movie that's uncomfortable the first time when you watch it, you kind of you kind of numb yourself to those uncomfortable themes. Mm-hmm. This one gets stronger. This one gets more painful to watch as I watch it. Oh um, yeah. Watch, watching it yesterday, I was so uncomfortable because of the the bullying that Harry <laughs> endures from his family. Yeah, you, know? you just notice more and you learn more and you appreciate more. Um, and I feel like like the thing I the comment I had about the romance in this movie, I feel like I'll I'll eventually appreciate it more the more that I sit through it and watch it. I don't know. You have a good point there. That, that will definitely make me look at it differently next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something, you know, it's definitely something I, I think it's more Adam Sandler, but it would be nice if she had a little bit more going on there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with your point, though, too, of how she's, you know, the only one who really lets him sit and, like, talk and, and listen. Um, yeah. I'd, I, I, the other issue I have is mm-hmm. there's a lot of pudding that did not get eaten in that movie. <laughs> um, you know, I... 
I just wish, you know, I wish I was there on set. Oh, I would have I would have helped clean up. Hell know? yeah. That's a good <laughs> shit right there. There's a fun uh there's a fun fan theory. I forget where I found it. It might have been on Reddit or some some movie forum. Uh there's a theory going around that Barry is actually Superman because he wears red. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out i i don't really i don't really adhere to this but i think it's interesting uh oh yeah (laughs) he wears he wears blue yeah um he destroys an indestructible whatever that was like a toilet plunger (laughs) he's constantly trashing shit very easily and seems to be near impervious to other attacks um yeah yeah i don't know i just thought that was interesting the way some some film theories go. I don't really buy that one, uh, but yeah, I was thinking of it when I was rewatching it recently, and I was like, eh, "There's moments." <laughs> I just changed the whole movie. For me. Oh my god! It's a really low budget honestly, superhero movie. I'm honestly like looking at his other movies too, and I'm like, "Are there any other like superheroes that he could be in these movies?" <laughs> I mean, dude, maybe like I don't know. Maybe the Hulk. There's a little um, bit of a Hulk reference in uh in Angry Management. Absolutely. Uh, well, in Click as well. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, when he turns himself green. Honestly, bedtime stories. Maybe he's like Green Lantern, but he hasn't gotten his powers yet because he's like just imagining. <laughs> that's true. Just the imagination of children is oh. making is becoming real. You know, I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe funny people. He's Walter White. I don't know. (laughs) We're opening up the door to so many things. You know, maybe if he didn't get cured in that movie, maybe he wouldn't went to Crystal Meth. I don't know. It's true. This is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm excited to continue going through these movies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is Greatler. I would say this is a good movie. Very good movie. And uh, yeah, it's it feels against the grain for uh, romantic comedies or just romance movies in general, Mm -hmm. uh, which I appreciate. And yeah, like I was saying, I, I like when like a big director who's famous, like a Scorsese or a you know Spielberg, they do something very kind of different, like a comedy, because I always find that they have an interesting spin to them. Yeah. Alrighty, next up we got Mr. Deeds. This is one I think either I saw the trailers for as a kid or I watched it and don't remember it much. Yeah, I watched this one recently. I watched this a lot as a kid. Um, for me, it was like happy gilmore big daddy billy madison and then it was mr deeds like those were the four right um and this was the one i probably watched this and billy madison i probably watched the least out of those ones but i feel like i watched billy madison more Mm -hmm. um this is one of the ones that i watched for the first time on like a road trip to like I don't even know where. I think we were like going to like Pennsylvania or something like that. This feels like a movie you'd watch on your way to Pennsylvania. Um, that makes any sense. I, I get the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's funny. I, I think it's, it holds up relatively well. I'm trying to think if there was any like really offensive things that happened in this movie. I don't know. I think, um, John Turturro plays the butler and he's from like Spain, but I don't think that's like, that's like, the tip of the iceberg in terms of stereotypes in Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> that's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah Adam Sa- uh, Rob Schneider has a little cameo in this movie as um, the delivery guy from Big Daddy. So apparently they there's a little bit of a Sandler verse going on here. Wow. Um, Despite that character being cool. offensive, yeah. that's pretty interesting. 
Yeah, it would have been cool if maybe he did that, like if he had an Adam Sandler universe, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he he does. Yeah, this movie was it was fine. The thing is um, that I realized watching this movie is Adam Sandler is a really, really good choice for romantic comedies. Um, oh, yeah. He's just like I the, when I was growing up, the three comedians I watched the most were Sandler, Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell. Like those were my go to actors mm-hmm. for comedy. Well, yeah, it was the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's obviously changed now. Like, I definitely, I would probably keep Jim Carrey on that list, and Will Ferrell would probably be a little bit further down. Um, But Adam Sandler probably would not make the list. For comedies coming out today, I'd be like, probably wouldn't consider either, any of those guys. But growing up, they were the shit. Agreed. Um, But out of those three, if I wanted, like, a rom-com, like, a really good, sweet romantic comedy, I would go with Sandler because the guy is just good with romance. I don't know what it is, but he's just – he's got a sweet, like, ability to him. Um, Yeah, I get what you mean. you don't really see with a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah. and it's something that's hard to describe. It's just – he has something that you just – this likable and it's just sweet. And I feel like he's a guy who – like in real life, he's probably a very romantic person because he, he gives off that vibe for sure. Yeah, I, I could I could get that. Yeah, I definitely root for him in most most of the relationships oh, yeah. in his movies. Like there, which is funny because especially some of the in the earlier era, there there would totally be like more problematic kind of stuff around that. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's easy to root for. He's very easy to root for. Yeah, um, it's interesting too. He was nominated for the Razzie for this movie. Really, he's not bad. He's fine. Um, I don't know. Like, he gives a monologue at the end of this movie, and he seemed like maybe he was a little bored. But, like, other than that, he's fine. He's he's likable. Um, and Winona Ryder is the woman that he's with in this movie. Honestly, I feel like he's carrying the scenes. I feel like wow. Winona Ryder is, like, overcooking it. It's weird, right? Yeah. Because like, she's, she's a really good actress. But in this movie, it feels like she's overcooking it a little bit. Huh. Um, like, she's, like, lying, and she, she, she kind of sounds like this in a lot of her scenes. And I'm like, <laughs> the, you you got to chill the fuck out. Like, you got to relax, okay? Stranger Things doesn't happen for another, like, 12 years. <laughs> um, probably longer. Probably longer. I haven't even seen Stranger Things. Um, yeah, fair. She's got she's to chill. She's got to chill it out a little bit. Mm. Um, but she's but she's good. Um, this is Goodler for me. Um, okay. It held up fine. I mean, like, I watched this after, like, bedtime stories, I think, during our, my marathon, and this was a little bit, like, you know, I, but it's 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 good. It's a, it's definitely a, a road trip movie, okay. for sure. It'll keep you entertained. I'll definitely, I was hoping to give it a watch, because it's one I feel like yeah. I missed out on, but I might just, you yeah. know, put it on in the background one of these days. It, it's good. I, I remember watching it when I was like cleaning my room once. Definitely a good background noise mm-hmm. movie. Get some chores done. Um, <laughs> watch Mr. Deeds. Yeah. <laughs> watch Mr. Deeds, yeah. Um that's pretty much my final thought. Good luck. All right. Um before we even say the movie, just Badler for Eight Crazy Nights. Fair. I haven't seen this in so long. And it's a movie that I wouldn't yeah. want to watch unless it was the holiday season um yeah i think it's interesting that it's animated that's what i remember yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's the thing i i remember watching this as a kid and liking it but i remember that i watched it once and i could never 
get through it again when I was a kid. Mm. And I think as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm probably just not in the mood. And yeah, I probably wasn't. But that's also probably because the movie is probably terrible. Um, if we're being realistic here. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to fight for eight crazy nights. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to. It also has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jeez. And I'm going to trust them in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It It's one of these movies where I just. It, this one also bombed. This one cost $34 million to make. And. Uh, you know, it made like twenty three million. Yikes! So just, you know, it's a fucking animated movie. Like, come on. Um, look, I think it's cool that he wanted to make a Hanukkah movie because I don't really see any of those. No, yeah, especially not an animated one. And there's so many animated Christmas movies. Hundred percent. And it was kind of cool that he did that. But I remember, I remember one of the jokes from this movie, and it is not. Um, not something that would hold up well it was like a fat shaming joke um and just looking at it now like just thinking about it it doesn't it's not really funny it's just plain like hurtful and being spirited so wow this one's best left forgotten moving on anger management anger management was you know it was all right it was kind of a bore to be honest um although i will say it echoes a little bit of punch drunk love in that he's this like nervous guy who uh is pushed to lash out i feel like there was some inspiration there um the cast though the cast is amazing like it's there's there's so many great actors in this jack nicholson and marissa tomei and john Turturro, heather graham like all stars he's surrounded by woody harrelson yeah yeah, so there, yeah, yeah and the, the John C. Riley too. Woody Harrelson's part, like, oh, yeah. weirdly transphobic and uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I remember he was like, uh, what was it? He, he was a some sort of cross dresser. Yeah, uh, they make fun of him. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. And I was like, that's kind of, I, I don't even think I really found it all that funny as a kid. I remember being kind of like, oh, there's, he's. Ha ha, yeah, he, he dresses in women's clothing. It's kind of, it's kind of, you know. It felt. Something where it's like, you know. Yeah. Like they were punching down, it felt like. Um, definitely. And it's also, you know, Woody Harrelson's a funny dude, you know. He can do, he's a great actor and he can do comedy and he can do that really well. And it feels like a like a wasted opportunity. Absolutely. Um, I have here in my notes, I wrote stupid ending. Um, I don't even remember the ending yeah. and I just watched this yesterday. <laughs> I remember the ending was like a twist ending where it was like he it was all like a setup to get him into anger management or something like that. Right. And it was the most convoluted thing ever because like you find out like he was never actually angry, but he was. So she like tricked him into thinking like it was she, all like did she gaslit him. <laughs> it was some weird thing. It didn't make any sense. And just at the end of the movie, you're like, really? Why couldn't this have just been straight up? Just he was an angry guy and he had to go to anger management. Like stupid. It was like, you know, yeah. Nicholson's friends with the judge or some shit. Oh, yeah. 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 So Dumb. I wouldn't I don't, I don't know. I feel bad saying it's badler, but it's definitely not goodler. It's middler. Yeah. Middler. <laughs> Middler. <laughs> it's a mid-tier Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bet Middler. Um, yeah. Damn. I'd watch this before some of his other movies for sure, but I also, like, I'd be fine if I never saw it again. Yeah, it's definitely one after hearing that where I'm like, it's one that I'm okay with never seeing again. I'm okay with this just being a memory. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, sometimes when you see a movie as a kid and you get older, I think you just gotta let it go and just be, you know what, that movie's like a nostalgic classic. That one holds a place in my heart. Yeah. Sometimes you're not doing yourself any favors by rewatching it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I think that's why I didn't get to watching this in the um, Adam Sandler binge. I was close, and I definitely think I would have liked it in comparison to you know some of the. Newer Adam Sandler movies. Um, yeah, no, it's it's better than those. It's even better than like I would I would watch it before Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Waterboy is. Uh, it's more annoying than Anger Management. Anger Management isn't even annoying. It's it's just kind of like, yeah, middle middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. Yeah. So we'll move on to Fifty First Dates. Oh yeah, I was excited for this one. I yeah. so was I. Yeah, I had high. Um, like high hopes about this one um and then i was talking to you before i saw it and after you had and you said you kind of said meh yeah with this one it didn't I was a little worried it didn't hold up as much um i do find it i don't know there's some stuff that's like really really nice in it i'll start with that where like a story yeah. about someone with a mental illness basically a a person with a disability who like is actually treated as a person and as like not someone who should be coddled. And that's like the whole message of like, you should let her live her life. I really appreciate that. 100%. Um, but yeah, I will say that there's some weird, I don't know, weird Hawaiian stuff in there where they've got what's his face painted Brown again. And like the joke is that he's this yeah, stoner Rob idiot. Schneider. Yeah. They've got him doing the same shtick again. And then there's that like lady he works with too, where the whole joke is just that she's like ugly and weird. And I just felt bad for her yeah um but there's parts of this movie that are great yeah definitely the the woman that he works with that was a weird thing to put in this movie that was kind of a little you know it's, it's kind of something that kind of went against the message you know yeah and it's just like well maybe not against the message but against the tone because the message sir the tone serves to the message where the t- the message is you know like don't coddle somebody like you said mm-hmm. but it's weird to make fun of other people yeah you know for being different for <laughs> yeah there was one instance that i was like all right with like i'm not okay with the rob schneider shit at all that that was that just made me weird. so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and he's not it's not funny you know like i you like look i'll give you props for commitment but it's really not yeah like you hired all these funny. other hawaiian actors like anyone else could have played him yeah and then and then I guess in that like sense, they oh well, it wouldn't have been funny because you know it wouldn't have been a guy playing a Hawaiian person. But but if that time, that's not like, a joke, well, that's then, not yeah. funny. <laughs> it's not a funny. No, that's not that's not funny. It's not funny when you see somebody be like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm this ethnicity," and that's the joke. Like that's yeah, just, that's just really weird. Like the joke is Rob Schneider is painted. Like okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, this this was one where like it was really starting to kind of like. Rob Schneider, throughout this marathon, he really started to wear on me. And, like, I really started to just more and more dislike him. This was when I was still, like, whatever, man. But, like, I was starting to get kind of annoyed. It's weird when it becomes a pattern. Like, all after, one after another, where he keeps doing it. It's like, what? Mm. What? Yeah, I will say I did like the fact that they, there's a guy in a movie named Ten Second Tom or something like that. And that's how bad his, like, the thing I liked about that, he's in two scenes. And the first scene I was good with, the second scene I wasn't really cool with. Yeah. Um, the first scene I was I actually liked because 
this is a serious like thing that this guy deals with and they didn't treat it as a joke they didn't like no. make fun of it the joke was on other people yeah yeah the joke was on sean astin who's like a guy who uses steroids yeah where i'm like you know i like i actually don't really have an issue with making fun of people who use steroids because that's their choice yeah know? And it's not like a it's not like a disability or anything like that. Like also, his character is a jerk. So his character is a jerk. Yeah, and he's an idiot. And he's it's also just Sean Astin. I, <laughs> I like seeing him pop up. Yeah. I like Sean Astin. And it's I haven't seen him in a ton other than like Lord of the Rings and like the Goonies. And, yes, you know, Click. The, which yeah, we'll get to in a few minutes, I'm sure. But like, man, he 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 played a jerk, and it was just funny to watch him uh, watch him be kind of like made fun of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he, he was on, he wasn't like he wasn't making fun of him to a point where it was like excessive. It was like it was haha joke, but like whatever. You know it wasn't like we're gonna you know bombard him with jokes about. Yeah, him. they more did that with the girl who uh, Adam Sandler works with. Yeah, that was mean spirited, but the Sean Astin jokes weren't exactly mean. Yeah, because he could go back and forth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he was he was kind of funny and. Yeah, and it's also funny that those are the two people he made fun of, and then they ended up together. I don't know. That was kind of yeah. That is interesting. Up together, I think so. That yeah. was kind of interesting. I was I was kind of into that. I was like, <laughs> hey man, I mean, like, why not? You know? Yeah, get yours. <laughs> Common ground. Yeah, they get made fun of. Yeah, but the thing is, like, um, the second scene with Ten Second Todd is that the joke is he can't remember shit for ten seconds, and that that became kind of like okay, you kind of ruined your own like thing there. At least they didn't, like, make it, like, a big thing. It was more like a throwaway gag, but it kind mm-hmm. of was like, you know, come on, man. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think they handled the the main theme of, uh, you know, this is somebody with a mental illness and, like, a severe memory loss mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like, that was cool. That was, that was something I actually really appreciated. Yeah, and it's, again, one of Sandler's more likable roles, too. Um, 100%. I, I, love, I love when he plays guitar for her. The, just the effort he puts in to, like, make her life as comfortable as possible is really admirable. It's something that, like, is so much work to do, but he does it. Um, yeah, it's very sweet. And then Maya Rudolph has a cameo in it, and it's funny because she's mm. like, she's like, oh my god, that's so sweet. You do that, you make her fall in love with you every day, and then she slaps her boyfriend. <laughs> He's like, you can't even open the fucking door for me these days. I'm like, that was funny. Yeah, that's also one of the other things too. I had her. They made like a trans joke in that scene, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, come on, like yeah. Um, I, I will say like this movie has like all the same issues. Um, aside from like. 51st date or, or aside from rob schneider mm-hmm. um i feel like a lot of the jokes are at least quick so you can kind of get through them i would agree and i, I think the leads to make it easy more bearable 100 percent. out of every person that like adam sandler has had a relationship with in his movies him and drew barrymore have the oh, best the best. Chemistry. the best there's no competition all right uh <laughs> I like how I said all right. <laughs> like, like as if <laughs> like you were, were saying it, argue. as if you were going to say it to, to Kate Beckinsale or something like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have, they, Greg, Greg, seriously, don't <laughs> fuck with me. They have the best chemistry. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm not fucking around. All right. All right. We're on the same page now. This keeps coming up. You did this in the disaster artist too. We're going to deal with this every time. It seems like, all right. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is Goodler for sure. Yeah. I'd say it's Goodler. Um, it kind of sucks that the it seems like the movies he's done with Drew Barrymore like 
progressively got worse, but it's nice that the first two that he did were solid. They were solid. Um, they were very, yeah. The last one was like blended, which I think has about a 14% rot tomatoes, which sucks, but I mean, 64% audience score for blended. So there you go. Um, some people like it as poorly received. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say this along with the wedding singer have probably my two favorite soundtracks as well out of Sandler's movies. Yeah. Yeah, I know they, they play like a Paul McCartney song in one part of Fifty First Dates, and it's really mm-hmm. they play Another Day when they're like uh, setting up for that. That's one thing too I thought was interesting is like it, it was kind of cool to see like how these how the brother and the father kind of had to deal with yeah that like how they had to every night when she would go to sleep they had to kind of reset and like make it seem like it was the day that she had her accident and so that. They could kind of do it. And I didn't find it funny. Like, I just thought it was. No, it was tragic. Like, an interesting yeah. scene. It's a tragic scene. Yeah. And it's and it's just, it's it's nice that it wasn't just played for laughs. It was nice that it was like, this is serious. We're going to, you know, we're going to play it like it's serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were always sympathetic to her condition, which was, yeah. 100%. And I'm glad that they, they did that. Goodler. Goodler, indeed. Final verdict. Um, Spanglish is next. This is one, I think I saw it as a little kid and fell asleep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted to rewatch it though. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this, um, this, I'm not, I I don't blame you for falling asleep during this movie. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of Spanglish, but I'm, I am going to say that this is one of Adam Sandler's best performances. Hmm. Um, this is directed by James L. Brooks. He's a guy who's made a lot of great movies. Um, yeah, Terms of Endearment, Broadcast News. Okay. Uh, as Good As It Gets, Spanglish. And then the last movie he made was How Do You Know, which was also Jack Nicholson's last movie, I believe. Um, so there's some serious stuff there. There's some class behind the camera there, for sure. This is a movie I just I just didn't really dig. I don't know what it is exactly. There's nothing really in particular I didn't like. Okay. But um, I did... I did like I, I really loved Adam Sandler's performance in it though. Um, he plays a husband who he's kind of that character again, where he's he's a good father, he's laid back, but his wife, played by Tia Leone, is um, for lack of a better word, a stuck up bitch. Uh, she like she's basically she fat shames her daughter and she uh, you know treats basically like overreacts and like gets all upset and whatnot at this shit, and then at one point she's. Uh, begins an affair. I think she has an affair with like Thomas Hayden Church or something in this movie. Wow. Yeah, he Thomas Hayden Church is credited as Mike the Realtor. It sounds like someone someone would have a affair with. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I've seen a video like that online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is and and then basically the movie it's called Spanglish, I believe because um the the Paz Vega plays a housekeeper who starts working in the house and she speaks Spanish and she ends up developing a relationship with Adam okay. who's a chef. Um and then they have a bit of a relationship. It's um it grows throughout the movie. Here's the thing too, is that Adam Sandler has amazing chemistry with like pretty much everybody, it seems like. Uh, it seems like he can walk on screen with almost anybody and have a really, really good relationship with them. Yeah, that comes through in a lot of his movies. Yeah, like the great actors that he works with, like Jack Nicholson. I think he, I know you said that movie's kind of boring, but I, I remember him having like pretty good chemistry. With oh, them. definitely. Yeah. Um, And then obviously, you know, he's had such good chemistry with like, you know, Joey, Joey Lauren Adams and Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not a big fan of the movies, but Jennifer Aniston, I feel like he's got some pretty good chemistry with too. Yeah, you can tell um, there's like the you know he's likable off screen clearly. Yeah, I think he's he's got really good chemistry with people who are really like attractive compared to him. It seems <laughs> like. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's like maybe that's just it just it just evens it out or something. I don't know, huh. but um. Yeah, this is a movie, too, that's pretty long. It's like two hours and ten minutes long, Ooh. and it's just, yeah. And it's also, it was a it was a bomb at the box office because it cost $80 million to make. I don't really know why, um, and it only made 55 so um, that's not great. And that's a, that seems to be a trend with um, Adam Sandler's dramatic work, Punch Drunk Love, was also, yeah. you know... 25 million to make and only made 24 and uh it seems like a lot of his movies are pretty you know they they don't do super well yeah unfortunate but this was a this was one where his performance was truly the best thing in it and the way he handles certain scenes are very interesting um like he has a scene with tia leone where she basically is admitting that she's been cheating on him and he just he doesn't freak out he doesn't start yelling he just sits there and he's just kind of is like really you did that like and it's heartbreaking because he's he's very subtle and it shows how um how subtle he can be as an actor and it sucks that he gets painted as this guy who's overacts all the time right you can do a lot more than that that's interesting so what's what's the verdict this is bet midler for me midler okay bet midler yeah um I say that for everyone. It seems like now, <laughs> Bette Midler. Um, she's great, but this movie wasn't. It's a better movie in comparison to like Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two. But um, on its own, it's it's all right. Um, it's not worth going out of your way to find it. This is what I would say: if you're bored and you see it on Netflix or on TV, give it a watch. Okay. Um, but let the movie come to you. Don't go to the movie. Let's say that. <laughs> All um, right. I like that. The, yeah. You got to come home from work and be exhausted and the TV's got to turn itself on and Spanglish <laughs> has got to be just starting. Then maybe you could sit down and watch it. Okay. Um, fair enough. Okay. Our next movie is The Longest Yard, which you have seen recently and I have not. Yeah. You know, you got to love an underdog story um for a for a sports <laughs> yeah. movie it's it it's a tried and true formula i think it's a lot prettier than a lot of his comedies like it's it's well shot it looks it's really well lit i like the cinematography yeah no for sure that's one of the things that i i noticed about the movie is that it looks really like clean and like nice mm-hmm. um maybe it's just a netflix you know um upgrade or whatever like maybe they just polished it up before putting it there but it looks good it looks really really nice it's really warmly lit i think and that really like I, it's like you can kind of feel the heat from the desert watching it but as far as sandler yeah. goes um he's all right <laughs> there's a lot of sand in it actually, yeah it's true uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um he does all right in the movie i think yeah. the cast around him is pretty good including nelly uh nelly's in this nelly's in this oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. So it kind of Jesus. it kind of speaks for its age, I guess, that it's the, you know, the mid 2000s. Um yeah. It was fun watching like the prison guards made for really great villains. It was fun watching them get slapped. But yeah, I don't know, it makes me want to watch the yeah. original cuz I know it's yeah. a remake. Um mm-hmm. I think the original was like Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah, and he shows up in this one too. Uh Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there's yeah. uh I don't know. I probably wouldn't watch it again um yeah it's good looking 
Not nothing terribly bad about it. It's attractiveler, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> I would definitely say that. Um, if I had to rate it, I'd give it a middler. I don't feel like it's bad exactly. Like it's, yeah. it's competently made and decently written. Uh, mm-hmm. Sandler. Yeah, it's a bet middler. Yeah, sounds like yeah. One of Sandler's kind of middle of the road performances for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember it being bad. I don't think he was. He wasn't nominated for like worst actor or anything like that. I think he was serviceable. No, he um, was pretty subdued. Like he didn't even have that many jokes. It felt like. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Like a lot of the other cast kind of carried yeah. the humor. Yeah, I remember seeing this like as a kid. All I remember is that like Courtney Cox was at the beginning mm-hmm. and. Chris Rock got blown up or something like that. Yes. Both of those things happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, really? Chris Rock? Like, okay. Well, what can you do? I mean, he's probably the best thing in that movie. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. Him and like Terry Crews is hilarious in it. Oh, yes. Terry Crews is the McDonald's guy. Yeah. Right? So that was pretty that funny. That was funny. That was really funny, yeah. And I think Tracy Morgan made an appearance in that. Yeah, thing. yeah. He's he's like I guess one of the like the quote unquote like prison girls, which was played like not as bad as I thought. I thought there'd be more like like rape played for laughs kind of jokes, but I don't think there was a single yeah. one. So I'll give it that's credit good. for that. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I got on the longest yard. It's forgettable <laughs> for sure. I watched the first like twenty minutes of this. I didn't get around to like finishing it. Um, just because I just was like I should watch the worst ones first, you know. Um, but like I will say the opening scene, I actually liked how they were going with his character. Like I thought that was an interesting kind of way that they introduced his character. He was a little bit different than just being this guy who, you know, was immature and was trying to mature. Like I mean, like that was kind of what he was, but it was a little bit more like he was you know, he had some like charges that have already been yeah kind of uh thrown under the rug and then he also was like a little bit more washed up and he wasn't um somebody that people were like you know fond of but he was kind of famous and he had some charm yeah um to him this washed up sports player who like has made yeah. mistakes and has to redeem himself through sports like it's it's a it's <laughs> like it is a, a an underdog story at its core exactly i s- just like Sandler just really loves doing sports movies. It seems It's like. true, especially football, especially football. I heard he's a very big basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember somebody asking me like after seeing Uncut Gems, they're like, did he write that movie? Because he is like a big basketball fan. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, if he wrote Uncut Gems, his career would be like a lot different. Yeah, um, no, it'd be a very different movie. <laughs> Be a very different movie. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But because uh, I've casted it with all of his buddies, and I'm excited to uh, tell everybody that. But, um, <laughs> if he, I, I would love the idea of just. Well, I have this one script I wrote, but like it's not very good. And then he shows everybody uncut gems by Adam Sandler. <laughs> and everyone's like, "What the fuck do you? You've been hiding us all this time. You made grown ups too before you made this. You're an idiot. You're dumb. He's all timid. Um, like I guess. <laughs> I guess it's good. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I couldn't get Shaq in it. And I just, I don't think it's great, you know. Um, already. So Midler is the. Yeah, the, is the, probably the most Midler of his movies. All right, folks, that episode went on for a little longer than we expected. So we're going to cut it short here and come back with part two of what is now the Adam Sandler podcast, apparently. In the next part, we'll go over the latter half of Adam Sandler's career. And then in the third part, 
we're going to rank his movies and talk a little more in depth about his strengths and weaknesses. For now, you can find us on our website, halconmedia.com. We're also on Spotify, Podbean, YouTube. Halcon Media Productions is the handle. And on Twitter at Halcon Media. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, the channel name is CinemaCon. And Matt on YouTube at Matt Hall Collections. For now, thanks for listening.